This is Motorcycle Watch, the podcast for motorcyclists and the people who love them. Motorcycle Watch, presented by Mac, the Motorcycle Awareness Campaign. All right, kickstands up, let's go. Welcome back to the national headquarters of the Motorcycle Awareness Campaign. I'm Scotty Drake, and this is episode number five of Motorcycle Watch. So stick around. You might accidentally learn something, because coming up, I've got a guest who is going to talk about the ins and outs of buying a motorcycle. First, though, back on May the 10th, the New Orleans Regional Transportation Safety Coalition invited a representative from MAC to address the coalition, and that honor fell to me. Uh, In attendance were people from the Louisiana DOTD, State Police, Office of Motor Vehicles, the Louisiana Highway Safety Commission, the Plaquemines Parish Sheriff's Department, and a number of other traffic safety organizations. I delivered a 15-minute talk about uh, the Motorcycle Awareness Campaign, who we are, what we're striving for, which, of course, is to reduce the number of motorists who crash into motorcycles due to inattention, distraction, or impairment by reminding them to actively Watch for Motorcycles. So my thanks to Melissa Gilbo, the coordinator of the New Orleans Regional Traffic Safety Coalition, for inviting Mac and for making us the newest member of the coalition. Now, virtually everybody who rides a motorcycle must have faced this question at least once in his or her life. And that question is, what's the right way, and maybe even the wrong, the wrong way, to buy a bike? And we might even find out how to buy your very first bike. And who better to answer these questions than the general manager of friendly Honda Yamaha in Baton Rouge, Robbie Garrett. Welcome hey, aboard. Thank you so much for having me. First of all, some background. When and how did you start with motorcycles, and how did you get eventually to motorcycle sales oh lord uh (laughs) quite a quite a history there you know we uh we had a family business for you know 50 plus years at at garrett honda and the uh, the north and the south shore and it's always been part of my life everything from you know riding little 50 cc dirt bikes to falling on little 50 cc dirt bikes (laughs) to uh you know graduating through the dirt which is typically how people start riding their first motorcycle uh, where you learn your clutches, where you learn your balances and things like that. You know, then the on-road really appealed to me, more so the, the sport bikes, as any younger man would, would really kind of partake to. Uh, you know, I really liked the track days, you know, the real real sporty side of it. And, uh, you know, I was lucky enough that, you know, my, my dad thought it was a good idea that, you know, maybe around 16 I could get my first sport bike um, under his supervision, wasn't allowed to take it out without him. <laughs> but, uh, you know, just having that that guidance from someone that has ridden uh, was was something that was very, very, I was very privileged to have. You know, a lot of people jump onto these things because they see it on YouTube or they see someone else getting it. And, and yeah, they're cool and they're, they're, they're really appealing from that outside. But, you know, really either having that guidance or the right knowledge to jump onto it can really help you stay in it for the long term, uh, as opposed to just, you know, jumping on it, realizing it's maybe not your thing, jumping into it too quickly. Uh, worst case, getting the wrong type of information from people. And, uh, you know, you know, with that, it's just gone from there. You know, I worked everything from service to, uh, you know, teching itself, a little bit of front, uh, front end work, 
uh, parts, jumped into sales when I, when I moved to Friendly in 2015 and have not looked back since. That was by far the most fun. Uh, you know, being able to provide people the joy that they saw when they came in and, uh, you know, bought their bike as opposed to service when something was wrong. <laughs> you know, there was a giant, a giant difference in that. And I just genuinely loved it. You know, we, we sell a lot of the off-road stuff over there, but, but two wheels has always been my passion. That's the stuff I'm most excited about talking about, the stuff that I ride myself. And uh, it, it's just kind of history from there, you know, stuck with them, grew as much as I can through the company. And, and you know, now I'm in a position where, you know, I can, I can help other people go through that same journey. I don't want to just ask you how do you buy a motorcycle. Um, let's go back to what yeah, you I just go to friendly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ask for me. <laughs> let's go back to what I alluded to at, at, at the top of the podcast. Is there a right way and a wrong way to buy a motorcycle? I would say there is. Uh, you know, m- probably more wrong ways than right ways, to be honest. Uh, you know, it, it, as silly as it sounds, you know, the, the right way is to just seek the right advice. You know, a lot of people will do that. They'll they'll have friends that ride. There's a lot of customers that come in. Because their their friend, their boyfriend, their girlfriend, someone in their family, or they or or that they see or know ride, and they want to get into it because they see the joy that that can bring, and uh, you know sometimes a, a friend and a family is not the best place for some advice on this stuff. You know a lot of times they want to jump to the same bike, they want to jump to something similar, and and everybody's different. You know I I I have just as much fun on a forty nine cc scooter as I do a you know nine hundred ninety eight cc sport bike. You can have fun. You know that that's not really. Riding to me is about enjoying the experience, not just just going fast or just doing this. You know, there's so many different avenues to riding, whether it be commuting to works, or you know, weekend warriors, you know, or indulging in the recreational side of it, the the track days and everything like that. You know, probably the worst way is for people to just assume that that what they're hearing or what they're seeing is is right, especially with how easily information is to get nowadays. You know, yeah. you could look up how to buy on YouTube, what's the best bike for me on Google and, you know, experiencing yourself, leaving it to the people that are, that are living that uh, and not just friends and family is probably the best advice I could probably give. Well, let's talk specifically about the first time motorcycle buyer. In fact, let's even assume that, that the buyer has gone through a certified training program uh, like the kind offered at Cajun Thunder Mm -hmm. in Ponchatoula. How do you and the buyer determine what's best for the newbie what size bike what kind of bike cruiser standard touring bike scooter how how, how do you do that for the first time buyer absolutely that's a great question and, and and i really have a different mindset on that than some people do i don't have a problem putting a less experienced or a, a, a beginner type rider on a larger cc machine i don't believe everybody has to start on a 49 cc scooter you know you don't have to start on a, a 250 or a 300 because it comes down to the rider right you know i mean if these people at, at some point most of these people have ridden something before at least basic premises of, of, of balance more so the classes that you recommended i mean I'm, I'm a firm believer in all of those because a lot of those do a good job from the very beginning of how to just balance the machine to the basic operations of it but, you know, to, to really answer your question, you know, I've got no problem with putting someone on a larger machine because it, it comes down to the rider, the responsibility of the rider. You can get hurt just as easily on a 49cc scooter as you can a 1,000cc sport bike. So it really comes down to the responsibility and, and knowing your limits. You know, as I mentioned before, so many people want to, you know, my buddy's got a 1,000, so I need to have a 1,000 to keep up with him. No, that, that, that's not the mindset that you really need to have it. You know, that, that confidence level really breeds long-term motorcyclists over just the guys that want to jump into it initially and then get either scared or they got on the wrong bike or they got the wrong advice or they looked up the wrong information. 
You know, it, it's so much better to start on something that you're comfortable with. And that, and that really feeling of comfort and confidence, as everybody that rides knows, you know, you, you want to be looking at your surroundings. And there's so much more to riding a bike than just thinking about the clutch or thinking about your gear shift. So, so that really that feeling of I'm comfortable physically sitting on it. I'm comfortable with the power that's underneath me at that time. Those are the people that we really like because what will happen is they'll, they'll grow through the thing. You can always trade in and trade up but it's very difficult. And we see it a lot of times people start on something too high and kind of scare themselves out of it altogether. That's Can't, why there, if I could, that's yeah. why there are a lot of really big bikes out there that are good bargains. Absolutely. They have <laughs> yeah. 1500 miles. Yeah. On Sometimes not in the best of shapes. Too. <laughs> right. <laughs> Can you tell if, if somebody is interested in a, a 1200 and you just know it's not right for them, what do you do? Well, you know, I'm, I'm not, all I'm there for is to give my advice, to give my opinion on, on what I see in here. You know, people are going to make their own decisions. Uh, you know, unfortunately, some people like and have to learn things the hard way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I, I've absolutely, you know, it, it's not about the sale. It, it never really is because, you know, even, even from a business point of view, it's better for the business to have repeated customer businesses versus just that one sale. So I'm never looking at it as I need to put this guy on the bike. Look, it's an easy sale. He wants this one and it's a big bike and, and it'd be better for everybody. No, I, I, I want that guy to feel comfortable with that situation, comfortable with that bike. Think about, man, Robbie was was right. He put me on the right machine. He at least gave his opinion on maybe this wasn't the, the, the decisions that I need to go. I'd rather have a customer walk out thinking about it than make a split decision if I really believe it's the wrong machine for him. Ultimately, it's the buyer's decision. It always will be in a, in a retail environment. But when it comes down to it, you know, I, I've always felt like I was doing a better justice to not only motorcyclists, but even my customer base of, of trying to put them on the right machine based on the type of riding, the experience, uh, and, and what, what they want to accomplish by owning a motorcycle. New versus used, Robbie. What are the pros and cons of, of buying a new bike, and what are the pros and cons of buying a used bike? Yeah, well, the initial pro and con for new, you know, yes, it's shiny, yes, it's new, yeah, there's not a scratch on it, you can put the first miles <laughs> on. I mean, it's, it's, it's all the benefits that you would imagine with the, with the new machine. You know, typically they come with some kind of factory protection, you know, as far as that goes. Insurance can sometimes be a little cheaper. Uh, shoot, even financing it, you know, terms for banks are typically better on new. Uh, you know, probably some of the cons to new is that it can be a little intimidating for your first bike. You know, think of the first time you bought your first car, your first truck, you know, you, you parked it way in the back when you went to the store and you were worried about that first scratch. And it was way easier to adjust it after you got that first scratch. You didn't care so much about second one, third one. And especially for newer riders, they don't need to be thinking about stuff like that. <laughs> you know, they, they need to be thinking about, you know, the, the operation, the surroundings. Um, so, so probably the hesitation of, of having and the, the fear of owning something so new and shiny can sometimes get in the way of, of what you really need to be thinking about. Uh, used, there's, there's a couple pros and cons as well. You know, the, the, the benefit of it already maybe has that one scratch. You know, you don't have to worry about it so much. It's not as pristine. Uh, you know, you, you don't have that kind of fear of it as, as much. Uh, you know, typically they, they don't come with any kind of factory protection. You know, we do a fairly good job, especially at Friendly, that we, we, we kind of protect a lot of our used stuff. It goes through a pretty rigorous, uh, you know, inspection process. So, you know, we, we like to give the customer some kind of peace of mind as far as that because we just want them on the right bike. I mean, that, that, that's the end result of it. You know, I, if I have something new, fantastic. I want them to have that shiny effect that I had when I bought my first one, right? We all, we all love that, that feeling. But, you know, when it comes down to it, it it's the right bike. I, I don't really care if it's new, 
used in, in different slightly. It, it doesn't really matter. We just want to put people on the right machine because they need to be comfortable with what they have. What about buying from an individual as opposed to um, buying a used bike from a dealer? Where where can we go right and where can we go wrong in this scenario? It, it kind of goes down to the same thing we talked about, about the experience and the information that you can find. You know, I mean, it's so easy to sell or retail something online or, or you know, peer-to-peer. You know, there's there's marketplaces online. There, there's so many different avenues of it. It's kind of hard to what to trust, what not to. Um, you know, I mean, there's horror stories both ways. You know, some, some dealerships don't care about their people. You know, some peer-to-peers aren't have, have good thoughts and intentions when they're trying to sell stuff. Um, you know, I, I would always just caution against it. I, I open my shop and, and my things to, if someone's trying to, you know, really sell something and they, they care about it, you know, have talk that buyer into bringing it by the shop, have us do a, a, a little inspection real quick. You know, I mean the, the 50, 60 bucks it costs, they could take it off the sales price. If nothing else, it helps the customer feel better about it. You know, if you're trying to sell something in good condition, you know, 60 bucks really is going to kill your deal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What about buying um, a used bike online? I understand Friendly has a, a service called usedbikesdirect.com. What's, what's that all about? Yeah, correct. Uh, the, the used market's really exploded, especially after the COVID and all of those situations. You know, the, the supply chain really kind of got affected. So, you know, we, we branched out into a little bit more used. Uh, you know, we, we've gotten – what we want with Used Bikes Direct is, is very, very simple. We want to put – a lot of used bikes in front of a lot of people. And, and we believe that that is a formula for success period because there, there's there's a lot of people in our immediate area that want to buy and ride and there, there's way more outside of it. And, you know, that, that's all we're trying to do there. You know, we want people to feel the confidence of dealing with the dealer with the ease of buying online. And, you know, something that we can stand behind, something that, you know, we will, we will deliver, we will pick up if you're not happy with it. You know, it, it's all the pros with less of the cons mm. of your traditional, like, peer-to-peer online buying. In your experience uh, in motorcycle sales, are there any popular misconceptions about buying a bike? Uh, I'd probably say one of the biggest is probably like you, you, I mean, like we alluded to earlier, you know, I mean, I, I need to have this bike to keep up with my buddy. I need to have this machine if I'm going to ride with my buddy, you know, I mean, we've all heard the, the, you know, the stereotypes, you know, if you're going to ride a Harley, you know, you have to ride with other Harleys or, you know, if you, if you have a Honda, you know, you, you think a certain way, look, we're all, we're all riding two wheels. We're all, we're all motorcyclists. You know, I, I've ridden with every make model under the sun. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't care what country of origin it has. I don't care what CC it has. You know, I'm, I'm a firm believer. And, I, and, you know, to go back on that, I've been on rides where everybody meets up and, and then you have like your, your quote unquote fast guys that go to the front and they take off and look, if you want to do that, that's that's fine. But you know, we, we're all getting to the same place. We're all out here to enjoy this. So you know, don't don't feel like you need to keep up. Don't feel like you need to be riding above your level. I mean, you guys can both attest. There's too many examples of people just trying to keep up with a more experienced rider or a faster rider. Well, like they didn't start that way. You know, they they started slow. And, and understanding that is very very important. I'll, I'll interject. If your buddy is a good buddy, yeah, he's not going to take off and leave you if you're a new rider. Absolutely. But, but that happens quite often. It happens way too often. Yeah. <laughs> good stuff. Robbie Garrett, friendly Honda Yamaha in Baton Rouge. Thanks a lot. Can you stick around? Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Right. Very good. This is Motorcycle Watch. I'm Scotty Drake, and May has been... Declared as Motorcycle Safety and Awareness Month, not only as decreed by official gubernatorial proclamation here in Louisiana, but also nationwide as well. 
And on May the 20th, the Motorcycle Awareness Campaign teamed up with the uh, popular LA Rider TV show for the second annual Motorcycle Awareness Ride. So I want to bring in MAC President Bob Courtney to thank everybody who took part and to run down the day's events. Well, we had a great day. And, uh, it, it, you know, when you, when you decide to have an event in May <laughs> on, a, on, a, on a Saturday, you only have a few to choose from and everybody else is choosing for them. So there's always a lot of different events competing. But we were really um, surprised to see how many people showed up for the rise. And, uh, and of course, I, I'm sure that the fact that L.A. Rider was offering a $1,000 uh, grand prize kind of helped with <laughs> no, that. No, no, no. <laughs> nothing to do with it. But that's exactly why we did it. Uh, and uh, we had a really good turnout. We had uh, a number of folks uh, involved. Uh, the ride was at, started and ended at Gian Gonzalez Motorsports in Baton Rouge. Uh, one of the stops was Friendly uh, in Baton Rouge. And then we were at Cajun Thunder uh, in Ponchatoula. Road Dog in Road Dog. Uh, Prairieville. Yeah, and uh, Law Enforcement Motorcycle Specialties. So we had a, a wide variety of different kinds of uh, motorcycle places that were involved as well. And we had what really thrilled me about the thing was for the first time on a Mac event or Mac ride, we had a huge component of sport bike riders. We had about 25 sport bike riders in, in the group, and that really surprised me. And... Uh, I don't think any of them won, but uh, <laughs> but but it was uh, it well, was sorry, it wasn't a race. <clears throat> no, it wasn't a race. <laughs> well, they would have won, but uh, <laughs> of course. But but that's the whole point of it. It's right. just it's like a poker run without playing poker and without alcohol involved. So we had um, you know people got the cards punched, they put them in a the hopper, and we drew for prizes. We gave away two thousand dollars in cash and prizes, and uh, then I got kind of crazy at the end of it. And I said, well, let's give away another $100. And then let me give another way $100 away. And then Linda Gonzalez says, well, I, well let's give it. You know, so a lot of people went away very, very happy. But the main focus, Scotty, as you well know, was to get people, uh, their attention turned to motorcycle awareness, motorcycle safety, and to introduce them to the motorcycle awareness campaign. And, uh, and I think we did, uh, we did a good job of that. We had a lot of people asking us more about wanting to be involved. I think I signed up two people uh, actually to, uh, to uh, join the organization and more. I saw another one come online today that I believe was, was from that. So it, it did the job and it's something that's growing. You know, we'd love to see this, you know, a, attract a thousand people, although I don't know how we'd handle it <laughs> but, because we have trouble handling a hundred, but, right. uh, but, but it was a, it was a good event and I'm, I'm really excited that it turned out as well as it did. Let's thank, uh, the Eddie Smith band. Yeah. Eddie Smith, always, uh, good music. Absolutely. Uh, who, pro who provided the food? Well, one of our board members, Dean Lawrence, excellent, uh, retired fireman. They all know how to cook. And uh, he did pull pork, and it was very, very popular. But we had uh, Mike Swim at uh, Cajun Thunder did a brisket just in case it got hungry uh, along the way. <laughs> so they, they were very well fed. <laughs> and, uh, you know, law enforcement motorcycle specialties, they uh, delivered to us an envelope with uh, quite an amount of cash that they'd collected for Mac previously. Uh, so we, you know, everybody pitched in. It was just a really, really great deal. And, uh, you know, I'd like to thank you for all the work you did. Uh, T.W. Robinson, uh, Amanda Joe, um, Joe Spearman, one of our board members. And I'd like to thank everybody because I was a little late getting to the party because I had to make a stop yeah. somewhere. 
<laughs> and it wasn't a motorcycle-related deal, okay. So are you, think, are you th- thinking about next year already yet? Oh, absolutely, <laughs> oh, I am. Really? I just told Robbie we're going to use uh, him as the host dealership. <laughs> oh, that great. was a surprise to Robbie. Welcome, welcome. <laughs> you, can, you can host the event. Fantastic. By the way, Robbie, thank you for uh, providing the, the cold drinks. Yeah. Everybody really appreciated that. It was it turned out to be a rather warm day, you mm-hmm. know? Oh, yeah. And I'm very pleased that I got to stay indoors at, at Friendly Yamaha. And it did not rain until <laughs> late in the, in the evening, so that <laughs> was you. perfect. Very good. Well, listen, we're out of time, but before we go, I want to thank Robbie Garrett for joining me, and, of course, thanks to Bob Courtney for being here as well. I'm Scotty Drake. Well, see you next time. This has been Motorcycle Watch, the podcast for motorcyclists, and the people who love them. Motorcycle Watch, presented by MAC, the Motorcycle Awareness Campaign.